It's time for the IHSA Safety Podcast. Okay, Marn, thanks for uh, joining me today here to uh, talk about Element 1. Glad to be here. Uh, health and Safety Policy Statement. So it's, uh, uh, you know, our first element in the, the core program. So uh, we have a major precedent to set here with this episode. Oh, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure at all. Um, okay, so um, as the intent of this um, whole podcast series is, is to go through each element and uh, talk about each question in a little bit more detail and um, you know just talk about what the expectations are for the audit submission right um, I want to be able to kind of you know just discuss with you what the intent of the questions are and um, what internal auditors uh, should be submitting in their audit submission sounds great okay so Right off the top, um, we have an intro uh, statement here um, that this this sometimes people miss this um, that uh, this top uh, question here uh, pertains to actually the entire element. Uh, so when I say this statement, it's actually going to um, pertain to every single question in this element. Um, so the statement is: Does the organization have a health and safety policy statement that? And now we'll continue into the first question. So question 1.1, a policy statement that is signed by the president, CEO, or local senior management. So to answer this question, you really need to provide us with a policy statement that has a signature on it from your senior management. We want to make sure that that signature is an official signature of some sort. That can be applied digitally or manually, but we're not going to accept script type fonts or anything like that that's very replicatable outside of that unique person's signature okay so definitely an official signature from the senior management exactly okay now who would um be considered senior management in the organization it's a good question because we want to look for the person who is your senior most manager within that wsib account Because CORE is based on WSIB account rather than company name or anything else like that, Mm -hmm. we really need to look at that account and see who within that account has the uh, most authority for operations. So it is important to look at operations and not just your health and safety operations. Uh, This gives that real uh, commitment from that that top management that's going to have the impact necessary for your health and safety management program. Okay. And so, you know, for a lot of companies, this could be pretty straightforward because, you know, if you have a a company of 20 people and you know that your owner or your president is Joe, um, (laughs) then that's the guy that needs to be uh, signing, right? But for other companies, it could be a little bit more complex. That's right. We do see see some interesting formats that, that exist out there. A lot of companies, all companies really are unique in some way. And so this can get quite confusing. So it is one of those things that we encourage firms to really look at when they explore this very first question in the audit tool and consider even providing an organization chart with this stage of the the audit Mm -hmm. so that even your reviewer can understand your company structure and how you've come to those decisions that you've made. Okay and um, you know if a company is maybe um, you know Canada wide is a a large large organization has many different layers Mm -hmm. um, and they maybe need help determining who the senior management is uh, what can they do? 
definitely get a hold of someone in the core department at the IHSA. Mm -hmm. We'd be happy to work through it with you and sort of go through the logic process and sort of the decision tree Mm -hmm. to help you come to a conclusion and and then be able to support that position moving forward. Perfect. Because... Um, obviously, you know, who is the, the senior management um, is important, not just in this question, but also throughout the audit itself. It does. It has major implications throughout the, uh, the entire submission that you're going to do. Yeah. So we want to make sure it's the right person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So let's uh, move on to question 1.2, uh, mm-hmm. health and safety policy statement that includes management's commitment to provide a safe and healthy work environment. Awesome. So this 1.2 is one of the questions in this first element that really sort of relates to a statement that we're looking to see within that policy statement. Mm -hmm. So there's wording in this statement that is is a key concept that you need to include. You do not need to include the exact wording, but you do need to include those mandatory key concepts. So in the case of 1.2, the concept of commitment Mm -hmm. is really key. And it must be expressed for both health and safety within that commitment. Because we often see that only safety is mentioned, Mm -hmm. which has a more limited scope than the concepts of safety and health combined and would impact your ability to score positively on this question. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, And also, this is mentioned in the handbook as well, right? So they're... Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Question 1.3. A policy statement that recognizes the right of workers to work in a safe and healthy work environment. Yeah, so 1.3 is another one where we really just want to focus in on the key concepts that must be represented. Here again, you'll notice both health and safety need to be captured. And we really want to see that acknowledgement of it being a right of workers. Uh, Using the word right is, is strong language that we feel is important to be present. Right, because we want to um, we want to um, include or incorporate, you know, the workers' rights, you know. Correct. Yeah. Um, so one example I just wanted to touch base on. Uh, so if someone said, you know, um, the management expresses that a worker should be able to work in a healthy and safe environment, would this meet the requirements? Uh, it wouldn't be scored positively because it just doesn't have that same strength um, in the word should as as expressing it as a right. Yeah. Okay. So the key focus here is on workers' rights. Correct. Thank you. Okay. Um, 1.4, a policy statement that is current. All right. So in a lot of ways, this one is what it sounds like. So there's got to be a date on that policy statement and it has to be current. Um, number or question 1.5. A health and policy statement that is reviewed annually. Awesome. So I'm really glad that we get to talk about this one today. This one's honestly one of the ones in this element that causes the most uh, challenge for a lot of firms. Mm-hmm. And and the first step to tackling this one is really to differentiate between the concept of being reviewed annually and being current. So in question 1.4 that we just talked about, we talked about it being you know, current within 12 months. But in 1.5, we're asking, have you reviewed it, actively completed that review process mm-hmm. within that year? And so uh, in, tw- in 1.4, what we're really verifying is approval. 1.5 is looking to assess the process of review. So this really does tie into the concepts that 
you'd be looking at in your element 19 management review as well, mm -hmm. because that's where you're going to define the process of review that will be carried through your whole program, including in 1.5 behind the policy. And that's what we're really looking to validate. Okay. So the kind of samples that that could be used for that include things like meeting minutes, marked up copies, you might highlight evidence of changes that have been made, or anything else that you've determined as part of your management review procedure. Right. Okay. And I think that, you know, like you said, you're, you're happy to discuss this, as am I, because I know with a lot of submissions, it's... Um, you know, people aren't interpreting this properly or they, mm -hmm. they don't understand the, and the intent behind it. Um, and so they might be just, you know, providing the exact same evidence as question 1.4. They're just providing another policy statement that is showing the date, right? That's right, um, yeah. And we're looking for that um, review to have taken place and that, proof of that review. That's right, yeah. It's, it's just not enough for this question to just show a date changing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, question 1.6, uh, health and safety policy statement that is visibly posted in the workplace or made available to workers. So 1.6 is interesting because uh, this is the first one where we have a different verification technique available to us. Mm -hmm. We've been talking a lot about documentation until now. Yeah. But this one is actually an observation or interview verification question. So the first thing we want to do or, or even talk about in our conversation today is just making sure that uh, when you're presenting your results, you clearly indicate which one of those two you are selecting. Mm -hmm. If you have one to present to us, present that one clearly. If you present us two, we will review two. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that provides just extra opportunity for scoring to be impacted. Yeah. Okay, so let's just assume that, um, you know, we're choosing the observation technique. Um, how would we go about presenting this evidence? Yeah, awesome. So with observations, there's really, um, there's a skill and sort of a, a craft to, to developing your observation results. Mm -hmm. So you really want to be able to clearly state your results in a way that's really going to capture what you saw and where you saw it. Mm -hmm. And so when I say where you saw it, it's not necessarily at, you know, location A, I saw specifically this, but that you did in fact visit the required ratio of locations mm -hmm. from the guidelines. So the guidelines will tell you how many different sites you need to visit. And you need to remember that the office shop, your sort of main location is mandatory in all cases. Yeah. So you do want to make sure that those, those comments that you provide us tell us not only what you what you saw in terms of verifying or not verifying the question, but that you did in fact see it in all the necessary places. So for example, if your internal audit included three job sites um, and then your office and shop, mm -hmm. uh, you would need to make specific reference to um, you know that the health and safety policy statement was visibly seen posted um, at the three work locations or three job sites. And we also have seen it posted in the office. There needs to be a specific mention to the office uh, shop location. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to make for a strong observation result. The other thing that comes up with observation questions a lot is the concept of photographs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the old, the old adage about uh, a picture's worth a thousand words. Yeah. It, can be, it can be true in an audit as well, right? So sometimes you may want to consider including photographs to tell your story in this case. Um, photographs are optional, so you can choose to use them or not, and they should really be used to support your comments, mm -hmm. but, but not replace them necessarily. 
If you are going to provide photographs, you do need to make sure you are referencing them just like you would reference a document. So if you're giving us a photo of a safety board, for example, um, it can have a lot of information on it. So if you want us to be able to identify a health and safety policy statement on that board, make sure it's legible, that the resolution's high enough we can see it, and that you've highlighted that specific document right. so that we can identify it within that image. We come across a lot of photos of, of what look like very comprehensive safety boards, but we can't actually make out the details to, mm -hmm. to validate scoring. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, I, I like photographs um, because you know, even when I was an internal auditor, uh, you know, just having that documentation, that, that record, right, um, is great and the proof, but also, uh, yeah, like the photos or the pictures are worth a thousand words. I know that I have had um, audit submissions where maybe their, um, their audit notes were, they they didn't meet the requirements necessarily um and maybe they forgot to mention the office or they forgot to you know but then you supplement it with all the pictures and it's clearly shown that here's the office it's labeled the office you know and, and then i've given them that uh that that score because i can clearly see that it was visibly posted at the office right and that does definitely happen it's funny though because i always i always say it almost on the flip side as well mm -hmm. is that it can be a really big help to you mm -hmm. um but sometimes a picture says a thousand words when you only wanted to say three <laughs> so you just make sure you're you're not telling us too much when you really could have said it uh with the words themselves so so use them wisely don't feel like you have to use them all the time yeah but but feel like you can use them For where sure. they help tell the story well said okay um question 1.7 a health and safety policy statement that uh, addresses health and safety and responsibilities for all workplace parties Excellent. So in this one, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep repeating it because it, it bears repeating. Uh, do note again that health and safety must be considered in this. Mm -hmm. So if at some point in, in what we're looking at, you know, the word health starts dropping out, scoring will start to be impacted, um, you know, even if it was sort of in the title, if it's not captured consistently throughout the document you will start to see scoring impacts. Right. The other, the other major concept here is the idea of responsibilities for all workplace parties. Mm -hmm. So those workplace parties should include all those outlined in the Occupational Health and Safety Act. Mm -hmm. But responsibilities for all those people is a pretty comprehensive piece of, of information to actually present uh, fully summarized in the Health and Safety Policy Statement. So this is one question where a reference to the supporting program, you know, your actual fleshed out manual, mm -hmm. is, is valued and scorable. So that you can give us the section where you're going through the responsibilities in greater detail and uh, address it there. Right. Okay. Sounds good. Another thing that I always encourage firms to look at, and this comes from my experiences as uh, an internal auditor working, you know, for a company doing this, is... You know, I've said already that the workplace parties should include those outlined in the Occupational Health and Safety Act, but that also has to be meaningful for your company. So when you're providing information for this question, it's another one where your organizational chart may be helpful to your reviewer to understand your company structure better. And just remember when you're presenting this that you know who a person is or what a job title means, but as the reviewer, we likely don't. So the responsibilities that are aligning with the Occupational Health and Safety Act also have to make sense for your organization. Do you have supervisors or do you call them four persons? Mm -hmm. Do you have managers 
or do you have project managers? Mm -hmm. If you have project managers, your program should ca probably call them a project manager. Right. But you can let us know through the org chart what that might mean in our more um, legal language or based on legislation so that we can identify, you know, this is the position that within our company we would place as the supervisor, but throughout this manual for the readability of our employees, it's a four person. Right. So if we're, you know, talking in the terms of, um, you know, a supervisor under the act is required to um, perform a weekly inspection, but if a company refers to them as the four person, uh, then we'd be looking for the four person to do the weekly inspection correct yeah okay um and do you find that um there are any workplace parties that are consistently um left out of this consideration yeah and it does vary from case to case uh but a lot of the time there are people who aren't being considered so really what i would encourage everyone approaching this one to consider is who shows up in your given workplaces on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. You're going to be considering owners, constructors, visitors, suppliers, subcontractors. Who are the people coming and going from your locations? And sort of how do you categorize them in terms of the responsibilities based on the act and based on, you know, other requirements that you may be establishing in your organization? Okay. Okay. Um, so uh, question 1.8. Uh, talking about a health and safety policy statement that expresses a commitment to work in a spirit of consultation and cooperation with workers. Awesome. So this is another question where we're really just looking for those those key concepts. Again, that concept of commitment is here. When we talk about policy statements uh, of any kind, commitment is really the key. Policy mm -hmm. statements are about commitments from senior management. Mm -hmm. And in the case of this one, it's a commitment to consultation and cooperation. And it's that, that idea of the two-way communication between management and workers and a strong internal responsibility system that we're looking for uh, the policy statement to capture to answer this question. Okay, so f as an example, if the policy statement said that management will strive to work together with workers to identify and resolve health and safety issues. Would yeah. that meet the requirements? I mean, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, and uh, last question in this element, uh, 1.9, uh, health and safety policy statement that is understood by personnel. So this question is an interview question, pure and simple. Mm -hmm. um, in this case, just make sure that your interview results are accurately transferred into the tool as a tally based on the conversations you had with the employees. Mm -hmm. Make sure the ratios match what's in the instructions for completing the core audit and that you have uh, an accurate number based on, again, the WSIB account uh, payroll numbers rather than um, any other factors. So make sure you're including all divisions under that account number, or if your company actually is separated into multiple account numbers, that the interview ratio for, for that particular account reflects the people employed under that division. Okay. Um, and then for an interview question, we'd also be looking for the interview ratios um, to be on the positive side. So mm. we would need to have a ratio of at least 51%. Uh, in order to, you know, for people to achieve a full score on this question. Yeah, 51% is the magic number here. And since this one in element one, this is a, a question that scores all or nothing because it doesn't have the grayed out background. The grayed out background would include the partial scores. Mm -hmm. um, this is all or nothing. So if you get that 51% on this question, you would achieve the full score. Okay, perfect. And uh, just to wrap up element uh, one, 
Uh, do you have any final thoughts on this element? Anything else that you wanted to say at all? Yeah, I mean, I think that element one is a, you know, it's it's a well-positioned element to start with because, mm. you know, it is the one where you ensure that there's a clearly stated, strong commitment coming from your senior management and that it's going to align with the expectations of core. This one starts your audit off well, and it starts your program off well, if it's done correctly. Okay, great. Well, thanks for coming in and, and helping me out with this element. And um, I look forward to talking to you in uh, future elements. Awesome. This was fun. Thanks. The IHSA Safety Podcast. For more episodes, tips, and all things safety, go to ihsasafetypodcast.ca. Thanks for listening.